Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's me. And today I'm in Orange County, California, which is beautiful. It's also the site of Vox Media's Code Conference, which is where I interviewed HBO slash Max content boss Casey Bloys. This is a fun one that covers a lot of ground. We talk about the strike. We talk about TV's attempt to sort of rebundle the bundle and why Bloys has zero interest in AI written TV shows. Good for him. It also includes references to full frontal nudity. So that's fun. Uh, a word about the top of this one. At the beginning of our interview, Blois showed off the new trailer for True Detective Season 4. It looks cool, but there is no point in you guys listening to us watch a trailer on stage. So we're starting this one immediately after that trailer ends. Okay, here's me and Casey Blois. You alluded to this. This was originally going to come out in 2023. You pushed it back a little bit because of the strikes. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure, because we feel so strongly about it, I wanted to make sure that Issa, who wrote and directed it, was available to yep. promote it, that Jody and the cast would be available to talk about it. Um, so we, we have one strike solved, the writer's strike, Screen Actors Guild, people are hopeful now, this is a template for yep. it. I know you don't want to get into deal points yet, um, but since this is your first conversation, since the writer's strike is done, assuming the, the Screen Actors Guild deal gets done, how is that going to affect what you make, how much you make, the volume, the pace? It doesn't, I mean, um, it's not going to affect what I make. Um, why wouldn't it? Well, I mean, your costs are going to go up, right? The writers, and I think correctly, are getting more money. Hopefully, the actors get more money as well. That increases yeah, the and, cost. Yeah, and, and first, let, let me say, I'm, I don't want to get into the details of the deal because everybody needs to ratify it, yep. and, and I don't want to get into any of that. But I will say I'm happy that everybody appears to be very happy with the deal that they got. And um, in terms of working with everybody. I want everybody to feel that they've you know, gotten a good deal and, and are ready to get back to work. So that's what I'm most concerned with. Uh, is it going to be more expensive? Yeah, but it, again, not that I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to make this show now. You know, a good show is a good show is a good show. So that's usually what I'm concerned about. We've been through strikes before. Uh, it doesn't affect the kinds of shows we make. You weren't in the negotiating room, but you were no, talking to no, the no. folks who were. Your boss there, David Zaslav, yep. was it eventually. Why did this thing take five months to resolve? Um, I, I will not be the first to say it, but I think some of the issues were, you know, the word existential is thrown, thrown around a lot. We are in a moment in the industry that, um, you know, there's a lot changing, there's a lot shifting. It has been upended. Um, we're kind of coming out of a bubble, I would say, or still dealing with the fallout from that. It's an uncertain time, it's a scary time, there's a lot changing, so, um, it is not business as usual, so I, I don't think any of the any aspect of the business is business as usual. This, you know, labor issues included. Did you think it was going to go five months? It, it seemed like a lot of folks thought it would get cleaned up sooner. It was certainly within the. Uh, I guess I'll I'll take the positive and say I'm glad that it has not gone to you know because talk started that like oh what if it goes on yep. until January? I'm happy it's done. I'm happy it's past us. But it, it was certainly within the realm of 
possibility that it would be in the fall. I've heard from people who do what you do that, that social media was an issue. So, so if you're on the studio side, you say, oh, social media wasn't so good. And if you were at the Guild, you say social media was super helpful. Was did Twitter basically, did that change the contours of this? Well, I, th I think so. it, um, social media was definitely very, very positive for the writers in terms of showing so solidarity, keeping solidarity, letting people, I mean, just from an organizational standpoint, where they're organizing, where they're picking. So I think it was a very positive thing for them. I don't think it's something that studios could have used or should have used, um, but definitely a very positive thing for writers to use. You mentioned the word existential, that got thrown around a lot. Often that was connected to the idea of AI and whether AI was gonna displace writers, actors, whomever. You said a bunch of times that you are not very interested in AI. <laughs> um, that seems like heresy, especially at this conference. Why, why yeah, is so AI not relevant to what you do? So le let me not minimize the, the issue of AI because I know that there are probably uses of it that I am not imagining, that we're all not imagining. Uh, and I think it was right for everybody to talk about like, what is it gonna look like? How are we gonna deal with it? So I get all that, I'm not minimizing it. But what, from my point of view, in terms of what we do, developing and producing scripted drama, comedy, docs, specials. I mean, have you ever called an airline and gotten uh, an automated voice? It's not great. That's AI at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's gonna get better. I don't imagine uh, developing uh, high-end or really interesting shows with the uh, person at the other end of the line on, a, <laughs> on the airline. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I'm a writer sometimes, so I hope that's not true. I hope that my podcasting and conferencing doesn't get replaced by a robot anytime soon. But we had Robert Kinsel on stage yesterday. He runs Warner Music Group. He said, year and a half, you are going to type in Make Me a Lizzo and do a Lipa song into some sort of engine, and it's going to spit out not just a song, but a good song, an acceptable song. Especially in this forum, I know this sounds old-fashioned, but I am holding out hope for the, especially in an artistic endeavor, the need for soul and uh, human stories. I mean, the writers are using it, right? They're using it to bounce ideas around. I, I, from what I, I know that some people use it as a prompt, mm -hmm. say, give me some ideas. Again, if a writer wants to do that, fine. But I don't see a world where a writer is out of that process and a bunch of executives yeah. are saying, okay, ChatGPT, give us a uh, great true detective season. It's just, again, I, I don't see it happening. It's not, that's not a world I'm interested in working in. But, you know, uh, who knows where technology goes. But for the foreseeable future, given how we work at HBO and Max and the kinds of shows we're doing, I don't see it overtaking the necessary artistic ability that's needed. I hope you're right. I hope so too. Um, let's zoom out a little bit. You said this is a you know, really important time in the business. We went through this content boom. I hate saying those words, content boom. You know, Netflix kicked it off and then everyone decided they wanted to be Netflix. It was always kind of clear there was gonna be a retraction. Now there's a, there's a retraction. You hear people talking about, well, we really made a mistake with the way we were handling both movies and television. We ripped up this old model. Can we go back to the way things were in You mean go back to the cable bundle? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think so, because look, one people of the say, "Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish we could go back." To, I paid one price, and I got all the stuff, and that's much better. Well, I, I, I do think that there. I mean, in the in the history of television or video entertainment, whatever, however you want to talk about it, the original networks were a video bundle. You got news, sports, variety, comedy, drama. 
Then cable kind of supplanted that. And again, it was always a combination of different types of video entertainment. And that worked really well. And, and the cable bundle came up, came, is coming apart for a number of reasons that you've gone into and we don't have to get into unless you want to. But I think what you're going to see with streaming is, again, in any offering of video entertainment, it has to be a mix of programming. Just like, again, going back to network television, cable television, streaming, I think is moving back towards uh, bundling of some sort. But why does it have to be um, that mix? For a long time, HBO was a distinct product. You had to have cable to get it, and you bought HBO on top of that, then you could get HBO by itself. Right, but, said that was great. Right, but th so this is the thing that people, I think, sometimes misunderstand about HBO. HBO as a standalone product only existed briefly as HBO Go, and it was not a viable, that's not a viable business. HBO prospered for a, a decades and decades and made a lot of money because it was an add-on to a larger, uh, a larger video bundle. So you didn't get cable to get HBO. People who were getting cable were getting it because they wanted CNN and ESPN and E and USA, and oh great, look at HBO on top of that, that's amazing, right? That, that HBO as a supplement to a, a, a package of entertainment, that's what works. That's what works. So, you know, sometimes people, I think... That's what works economically for you, the producer. That, that's what works for consumers. That's what worked um, uh, for, uh, as a business, uh, to, to have HBO part of a larger offering. Uh, so this idea that we were thinking about not very long ago, three, four, five years ago, that you're just going to pick the channels you want, you'll pay for them, and everyone will be happy, and it's a, it's a much better way of receiving entertainment than having to get this bundle. Well, you, I mean, it, what, what's interesting is, you know, with streaming services, they are, you know, kind of bundling lots of different types of entertainment together. What you may end up seeing with the um, cable operators is skinnier bundles. You know, what, what, what might have been a good idea in the beginning, you know, slimming it down, only choosing what you want. So in a way, both things are kind yeah. of resembling each other. And so today when I open up the, the Max, not HBO Max app, the Max app, there's now live news from mm -hmm. CNN coming. Next month, there's going to be live sports. Yep. What is the benefit to me as a consumer of getting a bunch of stuff all on one app? If I don't watch sports, shouldn't I just go to the sports thing? It, it really is convenience because, it, again, the, the, sports, um, the sports offering on Max is a simulcast from TBS, TNT. So there is the convenience of getting it in another place. Um, if, you are, if you enjoy Max and want to stay within that ecosystem, great. If you're used to you know, watching it on TBS, TNT, great. It's really just kind of consumer choice. One of your Warner Brothers Discovery colleagues has floated the idea that, that one of the innovations they're going to have with the new version of CNN is maybe you're watching True Detective season four and something really big happens at the White House that you'll get an alert. This got, this got a lot of pickups. Yeah, what do you think about this idea? Especially from media reporters. Sure. <laughs> we're, 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 um, we're I think it would have to be a very, very, very big you know, newsworthy event. It's not going to be... Um, every single, you know, if the uh, government shuts down uh, or something like that, we're going to... Government still shut down. You're not going to get a push Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I, it would have to be really big to uh, interrupt programming. So speaking of me and my colleagues, the media reporters, yes. um, 
lots of commotion this spring when you went from HBO Max to Max. <laughs> yes. And, and not just media reporters. Lots of people said, this is the, HBO is the best brand. It's this pristine brand. Why are you getting rid of it? So here, here's what I've said before. I'm going to talk a little bit about this. When HBO Max was named HBO Max, I got a lot of people, yep. some of the same people, media reporters saying, oh my God, are you okay? Like, they're putting HBO in the name of this service that has things in addition to HBO. That's not what it should be. And, you know, we survived. And, you know, the, the, what HBO was had to stretch a bit because we had library, which we didn't really have, and we had some reality shows. But when this opportunity came to kind of rebrand and put uh, basically the Discovery Nets with uh, what was HBO Max, I, what we're, given what we were just talking about, about HBO being an add-on to a larger, um, a larger package, yep. there was an opportunity to go back. And the reason I wanted to do it was actually to protect the HBO brand because if HBO is, is, if HBO is in the title of the platform, basically it, it, it represents everything on the platform. And it was about to get a lot bigger and a lot more shows. So had it stayed HBO Max, you know, the, the, not to pick on this show, but everybody seems to, would be like, why is Dr. Pimple Popper on HBO, yep. right? Um, or pick, why, pick whatever show it is, why is 90 Day Fiance? Uh, what's, what's the naked one that you guys just put on? Naked Attraction? Exactly, so, so I did not do you, want- Do you all know what Naked Attraction it's actually is? Doing do you want to really describe well. what Naked Attraction <laughs> yes. is? But I did not want the no, HBO brand to take on all that stuff because it wasn't designed to, right? So now we get to go back to HBO being exactly what HBO is, a and thing then, you go search out. Yeah, it's a, and, and HBO is at the top. If you mm -hmm. go to HBO, uh, if you go to Max, HBO is right at the top. If, you, if all you want to do is go to HBO, you can do that. But the other thing I think people sometimes misunderstand, people who get HBO, like going back to the cable bundle example, if you were getting cable, in general, you were most likely an entertainment enthusiast, meaning you liked watching things in addition to HBO. HBO was a great you know, add-on to that. But this idea that people who enjoy HBO only enjoy HBO and nothing else has never been true. But that was kind of an HBO sensibility when you worked there, right? Like, this is a pristine brand. We don't yes. want it confused with Turner or other, at the time, and now Time it's going Warner back properties. To its own, now it is going back to being just HBO. But it will sit, I will see it. A, a House of Dragons, uh, you know, square next to a Dr. Pimple Popper just, or Naked Attraction. Just as you did in the cable bundle, yeah. you would have to scroll through channels 499, 500, 501. You know, you would, uh, you would scroll through a bunch of different offerings. We'll be right back after a word from a sponsor. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. And we're back. Um, we are going to take a few questions from the folks in the crowd. You should start lining up now. We're on a tight schedule, so don't waste your time standing. Um, and don't ask about um, winning time. Because <laughs> we can talk about it. We could talk about it. But, uh, that's most of the, I asked people what they wanted to hear about uh, on Twitter yesterday, and half the questions are about, why did you cancel my favorite show, which in this case was winning time? I have a question for you. Yes. Um, when Netflix got into original programming back 10 years ago, 
the famous uh, Ted Sarandos line in GQ was, we want to become HBO faster than they can become us. And they started off making a lot of HBO shows, and now they make everything. And now when I go to Netflix, there are a bunch of HBO shows there, the mm -hmm. Pacific, et cetera. Um, why is that happening? Well, a couple, uh, couple things. One, I think the we want to come a become HBO before they do. I think what they probably realized to our earlier to the point of our earlier conversation, you can't just be that. You have to be a bunch yeah. of stuff. And I think in, in retrospect, they probably knew they were going to get wider, yeah, but they yeah. wanted to you know, tempt us media reporters yes, with an yes. HBO-like service. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. it the th the, so the question of putting HBO shows on Netflix, I, you know, I, I will say I think we're in a, we're in a phase now where we're, when I say we're all, I mean the industry trying things. But when I think about the history of HBO, the history of television, this idea within the last 10 years that basically windowing of shows goes away and everything lives on a platform. Because that's why you convinced me to sign up for right, HBO that, that, or name your service. Right, but that, that, was, that was the conventional wisdom for the last 10 years, that you keep everything in-house. But in the history of television and HBO, syndication, basically selling a show somewhere else, that was like the brass ring. Yep. That meant that your show was successful, that it had hit a, num a certain number of seasons, that it would have a life elsewhere, that other people would, yeah, I mean, uh, Sex and the City has been in syndication for decades. Generations of people have grown up with it elsewhere. So that was the brass ring. So I will say the last 10 years, I kind of, you know, I understood like, well, it's a little bit more complicated because we're, the, the industry is retrenching right, and, and do you want to sell to people who you're in competition but with? But they also had this phase, the networks had this phase where they sold everything to Netflix because yes. it just seemed like free money and then they said, oh no, we've trained everyone to go watch our shows on yeah. Netflix. That was a very bad idea. We're going to pull back most of that stuff. Yes. Now it seems like you guys are now, doing we've always a said, Yes, and, and we experiment, experiment. Remember, we sold Amazon yep. a bunch of our programming in 2015. So we had these discussions about like, what if we sold Insecure, Ballers? What's been interesting about that, first of all, Ballers, I think went off the air, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that, and it's number seven on the Nielsen charts. What's been nice about it is, without doing a thing on Max, the, um, the viewership of, uh, or engagement of Ballers, Insecure, really saw a spike when it was on Netflix. How does that? help you though? So, uh, I'm, How does it help me? Because yeah, more people are using it. Yeah, no, no, but, they're, but they, presumably they've already subscribed to the service, so they go to Netflix, they see that they can watch Ballers it's, there. It's, a, it's really, mar I mean, it's kind of a, mar you're, you're introducing it to more people, it's marketing. It, it, I, that's the thing about, um, remember there used to be debates about like, at NBC, like, well, if, if Seinfeld is in syndication while it's, I mean, mm -hmm. somewhat different situation, but doesn't that hurt? And generally, what everything came out was the more, the more places you're exposed to something... Promiscuity is good. Yes. <laughs> to an extent. Now, I think you have to be careful. And this is, again, what we're just experimenting with and thinking about is like, okay, Ballers was off the air a long time ago. Obviously, uh, Band of Brothers Pacific, they have been on History Channel. Um, we, we've syndicated those uh, in the past. I, you know, I, I doubt you're going to see us selling Succession or um, White Lotus. How about or more True Detective ones. seasons one through three in the advance of, of this debut? For for market, I mean, we haven't done that yet, but for marketing purposes, it's it's something we've thought about. You know, if you have a new season of something, does that make sense? And the uh, the honest answer is, I don't know. Maybe 
you know? Uh, but I think what you have to balance is not putting too much out there so people think, oh, I'll just wait till it comes here or here or here. So I don't really know the right answer. I don't think anybody does. But this is something we used to do all the time. And the initial experiment with a couple of titles, we've seen have an immediate positive impact to Max. And remember, everything we sell is co-exclusive. So it's not like they come off Max and are only available elsewhere. You've been in charge of programming at HBO under three different ownerships. Time Warner, AT&T, now Discovery Warner Brothers. A lot of speculation that next year there might be another change. How do you work with both talent that's saying, hey, what's going on? Who's running the show? Who wants to do what? And then how do you work? How do you talk to your employees and coworkers who are understandably freaked out about who the next owner is going to be and when that's going to show up? Well, two things I would say. One, you know, the programming team that I work with at HBO, we've all been together. We've all, we've all been there at least 20 years, some 25, 30. My colleague, Glenn Whitehead, who's the head of business affairs and production, has been at HBO for 40 years. So we've been around a long time. And I think as long as, you know, we're keeping shows, interesting shows coming out, we're good. And you don't have partners, you don't have creative partners saying, well, who's running well, this thing? So What's no, going to no, happen? No, Here, here's what I would say about that is um, it, it's not like we are unique having uh, multiple owners. And I will say, I think David has done a very good job kind of right-sizing, you know, the, the, the change that happened partly in the industry, partly right when David took over was it was subs at all costs to we got to make money. And ultimately, in any business, you have to figure out this is great, but how are we going to make money? So I think it was kind of the, the right tone for, for trying to figure out how do we do this and streaming and, and have it make sense. But if we were the only company going through this, trying to figure things out, trying to figure out how do you make money in streaming? How do you maintain linear, but also um, offer streaming? It would be harder to talk to employees, creative partners and say, yeah, we're going through a rough patch. The entire industry is trying to... The answer is we're all, we're we're all, all kind of screwed, in this. So. We're all, as an industry, we're all trying to figure this out. Have we figured it out? Have you figured it out? I think we're, I, you know, we're, the, the, the conversation about like licensing shows elsewhere, that's an example of, I don't know, uh, you know, like it seems interesting. It's kind of what we used to do. Does it make sense? Is it hurting us? I don't know, but we're trying and we'll see. Let's segue to the audience. Tell us who you are. Lay a question on for Casey. Hi, Don. Hey, hey, Peter. Don Chmielewski with Reuters. Hi, Casey. Hi there. So I wanted to come back to um, Naked Attraction just because why not? Um, <laughs> so I'd like you to explain um, how you came to make the decision to add. Um, Don, will you explain what Naked Attraction is? I would Casey be happy want to, to explain. Yeah, it's a show. It's a dating show that sort of strips away all the artifice, and by that I mean takes away all the clothes. Full frontal Full nudity. Full frontal nudity, in which uh, six um, naked contestants are all contained in, in, uh, in glass booths, and they're gradually revealed to the audience sort of bit by juicy bit. Uh, in the, uh, the <laughs> Did you parlance. make that up, or is that our tagline? That is actually, that is actual dialogue, so. <laughs> it's British, you know. So I, I know, I know. It's classy. Yeah. <laughs> bit. By Juicy Bit. All right, so I wanted to talk with you, Casey, about the decision to add that to the programming lineup. Was it born out of a dearth of content because of this protracted strike? Take me through the thinking. Uh, and, you know, that, and show has a, that show has been on in the UK for, I want to say, six seasons. Yeah, 26. And it was part of a, um, 
uh, a library, uh, you know, a whole library deal. So <laughs> I, I know, but I just want to make one point because I know, I, I, I think, you know, the point that you're probably trying to make is, oh my gosh, can you imagine that show next to whatever, pick your prestige show. I will remind or, or you. Or kids animation, whatever. I, I, I will <laughs> remind you that um, HBO is the home of Real Sex and Cat House. So, um, <laughs> This type of programming, going back to the, you know, you need an entire, um, uh, uh, a mix of programming, um, you know, th this programming serves its purpose. So, so you're bringing back Skinamax? <laughs> no, 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 I was just reminding everybody of the history uh, of the types of programming we have had in the past. I think the other thing Don's kind of poking at too, and I didn't get to it in our conversation, is what's the difference between an HBO show and a Max show? The uh, Sex and the City was an HBO show. The sequel is a Max show. I only know yeah. that because I looked it up. So generally, I, I think it is fair to say in the beginning, before um, anybody from HBO was involved in programming HBO Max, there was some confusion there. What we're trying to do going forward is on... HBO, nothing at HBO, the, the mission hasn't changed, the kinds of shows that we're doing, it's all the, as I said, the same executives who've worked there for a long time who understand the brand. That hasn't changed and is not changing. There's no change in mandate or anything like that. For the Max Originals, we're trying to focus on um, Warner Brothers IP, things like Peacemaker. We've got um, Colin Farrell in The uh, Penguin, okay. um, which is great. I've seen four of the eight episodes. That'll be later in 24. Will the Dune show be a Max show? There's a Dune I'm sorry? There's a That's Dune a Max original. Yeah, because okay. um, any, any kind of like Warner Brothers, we're, we're trying to make it like any kind of tentpole Warner Brothers IP would be Max originals, like we did with Peacemaker. And do you think a consumer will understand that difference? Um, I Does it think, matter? I, I think ultimately it'll be a DC show that's on Max. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't. Okay. I don't, I'm not that worried about it because, as I like to say, a good show is a good show is a good show. But the larger point is HBO and its mission has not changed and isn't changing. So I'm getting one message that says wrap up and another okay. one that says we have a minute 35. So I'm taking <laughs> the minute 35. One last question. Hi, this is Jay Peters with The Verge. So speaking of Max Originals, you guys just greenlit a huge Harry Potter series. But why did you do that in light of the controversies around J.K. Rowling's comments towards the transgender community? Uh, with one minute uh, left in our conversation, I'm not even going to get into that because that is a much longer, longer conversation. When will you guys talk about, though? You declined to comment in April when this was announced. Like, it's going to be a huge show. Like, you have to address this in some way. At some point, we will, but not with a minute. For a, for a very complicated, nuanced topic, I'm not going to do it in a we minute. We could get you into politics. Want to squeeze in one more question here? <laughs> Um, Caroline from Warner Music, former HBO employee. Hi, Casey. Welcome. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question. Um, it's more about branding. I completely get what you were saying about Max and HBO and Pimple Popper. I walked through Times Square and I saw a huge succession billboard and it had Max branding on it. Up in top left, it said HBO original series. So my question to you is, are there any circumstances in which you feel like the Max branding is superseding HBO? No, or how do you think about because that? Because remember, it's gonna I understand it's also, you know, how we're watching TV and how it's organized. We're in the middle of, you know, changing, going from a cable bundle to streaming. Um, it's, that's, that is why actually I thought the HBO Max was the wrong name for the platform. Uh, I think you have to be more clear about Max is the platform. That includes CNN Max, HBO, HETV, a little bit like the cable bundle. 
So it's an HBO show on the Max platform, in kind of the way an HBO show used, to, if you were in New York, was available on Spectrum, is still available on Spectrum. That's sort of, it. I, I understand that it's different, and it's going to take time for people to kind of get that, if, especially if you used to watch on cable and are now streaming. Um, but uh, th that, that's the idea, is separating the programming service from the overall platform. Thank you. Casey Bloys, I want to go pitch you a show, but thank you for coming. Let's I appreciate go. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to our sponsors for bringing the show to you for free. That's zero dollars, still the same. Thanks to Travis and Jelani for editing the show, producing the show, and thanks to you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. click, 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 click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work.